0: Thanks for spending time with me today. Now let's get started. Nikki, I am just so over the moon excited to continue this conversation, to keep the good stuff going around sales and marketing. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me here. I am so excited to be with you and to keep chatting. So thank you. Amazing. And so Guys, if you don't
0: know, um, I want you to be able to take a listen. This is a two-parter and we'll give you more details towards the end of the episode, how you can catch the other conversation that we've already had um, on Nikki's podcast. But before we dive into that, Nikki, tell us a little bit more about how you got started um, because I'm sure this, this is not <laughs> your first rodeo. How did, you get, how did you get going in doing what you do?
1: Yeah, so I, I know, like most entrepreneurs, it's a wild ride. So I'll try to, to stick to the highly influential moments of life that led me down this path. Um, but, uh, kind of by accident, I ended up in marketing, um, and, and accident isn't even really the right word. It full transparency. And and I guess hindsight's 2020, it was a bunch of limiting beliefs that told me I couldn't go after what I really wanted that led me down a path of ending up in marketing. And, um, no regrets because i love it but i i worked in um corporate marketing for about eight years um, before I, i left to work at tech startups but i was at my last like big corporate job back in 20 i think it was like 2014 and i was working at intel and um earlier like the year before in all honesty i had found out that ovarian cancer ran in my family and um, my aunt was diagnosed but that's what my grandmother had passed away from so my mom said yo this is likely genetic not in her not in that quote unquote way but that's essentially what she said and so my aunt had to get tested um to see if she had the gene and she did, so then my mom had to get tested as her sister and so forth, and my mom had the gene in which my sister and I had to get tested to see if we had the uh, BRCA2 gene mutation. And so um, for anybody who's uh, familiar with when Angelina Jolie um, wrote an op-ed for the New York Times, it was called My Medical Choice, where she shared how she had the BRCA1 gene mutation. Um, which makes her at high risk for breast cancer, same thing, or a very similar thing, but high risk for ovarian cancer in my family. And long story short, I kind of had this, uh, thought process of life is too short. Or as uh, a friend said to me recently, life is too long to be miserable. And I did not want to spend it, uh, working for somebody else. And I didn't hate my job. I love the people I worked with. I got to do really amazing, cool things, but I knew that this wasn't the path that I was going to spend down, like to go down for the rest of my life. And so I said, I'm out and um i quit my job i went on a two-week vacation to mexico first week was amazing second week i was freaking out about money and i I kind of had that revisit of the mindset blocks um, that led me to getting another job but it was a job on the east coast i had been living on the west coast all of my family was on the east coast um and it was at a tech startup and i convinced myself that i needed to find a startup job to learn how to do entrepreneurship quote unquote the right way. And only to realize that nobody knows what the heck they're doing. I <laughs> said with love. Um, but usually it's, it's a science experiment. So after a year and a half, I said, I'm out. And I quit my job to kind of figure out um, how I could turn what I am good at into a business. And so I really leaned into my ability to um, help people with a visibility standpoint, from a content creation standpoint, um, from a lead generation standpoint, that's really how my business got started. And ultimately people came to me saying, hey, I wanna make more money and make a bigger impact and be more influential and more well-known. Can you help me with those things? And that's really what built uh, my business is just helping client after client um, get more leads, get more clients, get more visibility um, or more visible. And uh, that's what birthed kind of the brand name market your genius. And I've been moving forward from that ever since. I love that.
0: Um, I love and I love what you said around realizing that there's really no right way to entrepreneurship, right? Like your the idea of what you had in joining that uh, tech startup, and then going full into your business, it's it's not the same. And every business is not the same. And so I think that's really important for us all to recognize. Uh, what a journey, right? Like, wow. Um, and I think sometimes uh, a lot of similarities with with my path and just having that realization that life, life is too short while it's also long. I love that statement that you shared. And to really just do more of what you love. I love the fact that you realize that you didn't plan to go into marketing. So it's very similar to how I didn't plan to go into sales. And yet, it's something that you obviously have a natural talent to you, uh, love what you do, you're able to do it so, so well. And now it has created a whole opportunity for you in your business, but also to help so many more people to do the thing that they want to do a little bit better, too. I'm curious, Nikki, because we were joking about this, right? That marketing and sales is like kissing cousins. And a lot of times, especially in the online business space that we very much operate in, there's a lot of confusion of, is that marketing? Is that sales? I know sales gets a bad rap. And so marketing is like the glamorous beauty queen, I think, of the whole business process that a lot of people are like, I need more marketing, I need more marketing, I need more marketing. So I'm just curious from your perspective, how would you define marketing?
1: Such a good question. And I think one of the things that a lot of people lean to lean into or get excited about when it comes to marketing is that it's often, you know, the sexy stuff that gets a lot of attention nowadays, like, ooh, you know, new social media platforms and, you know, being a guest on podcasts and, you know, doing YouTube and everything seems really fun and, and glamorous to a certain extent. Um, but there are a lot of kind of less glamorous parts of, of marketing. And I really look at marketing as um, the whole process of going what the heck am I offering? Like, what am I actually going to create and sell? <laughs> you know, um, who am I marketing it to or targeting? And um, and how am I going to get in front of and build relationships with those people, right? So I think um, you described it, it uh, in a very cool way when um, we were talking on my podcast uh, that, Is essentially out today as well um, around you know marketing gets people into the bar and then if this was a dating analogy and then sales takes over once you've like identified the person that you want that relationship with and you kind of like kind of move from there right and I, I think to your point also sale I mean marketing depending on the size of your business and can be a whole lot of things um, or can be you know very, very significantly closer to sales more so than than people realize where it's just especially if you're the one person doing everything where the whole sales and marketing customer journey experience just kind of seems like one thing and it's hard to differentiate. Um, but I would really say that you know thinking about the product you're putting out, the price that you're putting um, it out for, um, where you're gonna drive customers to buy from, um, like the placement of that product, whether it's like strategically through retail or your site, um, and the the specific people that you're building a relationship with and how you're going to go about, you know, getting in front of them, all of that really falls into a lot of the key elements of of marketing. And um, I often teach elements of sales when I teach marketing, just because when it's a one-man show, then you're usually going, okay, I've, I've walked into the bar, I found my people, I, I know where they're hanging out, and now I'm sparking conversations and getting them getting their digits, you know, those pieces tend to to often fall under a sales perspective depending on the size of your business too, but but um it's kind of everything that leads up to the point of oh my gosh, we're into each other. Let's let's do this thing.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I love my um I, I, my ears perked up cause you went through like the, the, the P's of marketing.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm, I, I was traditionally trained. <laughs> I feel like a dancer. I was classically trained, um, in marketing in which we learned the five P's, which were like, yeah. I'm probably not going to remember them well properly, but like pricing, promotion, packaging, placement. Oh my gosh. I'm going to forget one. Is it Part people? Of. I think the last people, one. Yeah, people. Yeah. People, people's one. Yeah. Um, yeah which is, which actually is that whole, like the five P's is a marketing tactic. It's how do you package what you know in a way that people can consume it and position you as an expert. And so that's like creating a framework. And so there's literally a framework that was created. Gosh knows how long ago about what falls into marketing. And it was those five P's. And, um, and so that's, that's very much my old school kind of uh, shout out to, um, uh, the, the original five P's of marketing.
0: Well, <laughs> And I love that because I think you and I are very similar in terms of how our structures are and how we teach. And so it's timeless, right? Like I love the fact that you kind of spun that in because I think sometimes, especially with marketing we can get so caught up into the tactics of what's hot and new and right now at the time of this recording clubhouse is still hot and new and that's we've we've had conversations nikki and i on clubhouse and we'll probably continue to have conversations on clubhouse because that is a tactic right that is a brand new shiny object and i i think when we pull it back into the bare bones like the core principles that are timeless marketing and sales principles they're timeless for a reason because for as long as human beings have existed we essentially have been subjected to some kind of marketing or a sales process directly or indirectly. And I think the more that we are paying attention to some of the things and laying on, okay, what is suitable and how do we do this? And how do we ensure that there's congruency between what we market to and how we sell so that our clients get the best possible experience that ultimately as business owners, that's really what we're, we're caring the most about, right?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think so often people get excited about these like New, bright shiny platforms and, and items and so there are tons of people that i know that are um insta famous like li- like instantly famous but also like instagram famous right but they're not making any money because they haven't thought through what is the product that i'm offering you know how am i going to price it what is my messaging like all those things have been thought out and so i think so often people think marketing is just the fun stuff and sales is the the oh my gosh i don't want to be sleazy stuff right but there's a lot of non-fun marketing stuff, depending on if you find, you know, pricing and product design and all that (laughs) stuff. I mean, I like it, Um, but it's not everybody's jam. And uh, if you kind of forget about those pieces, then no amount of what you're probably thinking marketing is in terms of being visible and showing up will work if unless you're just trying to be famous, which is valid. If that's your strategy and your game plan, go for it. If you're trying to sell products, doing it, then you have to have a strategic marketing plan so that when you get the people into the bar, um, you know, they they, uh, have you have people to sell to.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, and that sparks a question for me, based off of what you just said there, Nikki, because it reminded me of the young lady who had a massive following, like, obviously, she had marketed herself in such a way that from the outside perspective, she should be making a lot of sales, right? And I would love your perspective on kind of what went wrong. And I hope I, I saw you nod. And so I, I think you kind of are, are knowing what I'm talking about. This young lady on Instagram, I think like a more than a million followers, it might have been 2 million followers, but she struggled to make t-shirt sales. So not a high ticket offer or premium service. It was I think it was like a $25 t-shirt and she got brutalized across media because they just slammed her for not either having bot followers or whatever it was. And I think actually it was perhaps because she had an incorrect marketing strategy, right? Like she didn't, there was obviously gaps in her whole business process from your perspective, just given what you shared earlier, I'd love for you to kind of walk us through, like, where did that kind of go wrong if you were working with her as a client? And then at what point does sales kind of come into the picture too?
1: Yeah. And if I remember what made that story especially interesting is I think she they weren't even like her t-shirts. I think it was a t-shirt brand that paid her to promote the t-shirts on top of it. So it's like you have somebody else who probably had some errors in their marketing strategy um because they probably they definitely didn't get their ROI like their return on investment um from that engagement. And I think, you know, the first thing that you always want to think about when you're building out a marketing plan is you want to start with you know habit number two of Stephen Covey, seven habits of highly effective people. And that's to begin with the end in mind. And I think so often people are just like, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to be visible. I'm going to market the stuff. We're going to make bank. We're going to sell these t-shirts. And you have to start with what does success actually look like? What is the business we're building actually look like? What do we want um, to happen as a result of us marketing This business or entering this marketing agreement or entering this, you know, marketing campaign or doing it. And so, depending on your business, that could mean, you know, hey, I want marketing to do its job and get um, qualified leads to book a call with a salesperson, right? Or I want discovery calls booked. That could, depending on your business model and where the baton is handed off, that could be the goal. The goal could be, hey, I want to um, have a huge community of engaged followers so that when I'm ready to launch a product, they'll be really tapped in, already excited about it. It could be, I wanna be seen as the go-to expert in this industry because I'm gonna monetize it through speakerships or a book deal, or um, I'm gonna launch a product or things like that, right? So you always have to start with what success looks like on a really big level or even just down to the success of this campaign or the success of being on Instagram in the first place, like what do these things look like if they were successful. And once you're clear on what success looks like, you have to get really clear on where you are right now. You know, okay, success looks like all these people engaging with me on Instagram. Okay. And I have millions of followers. And you know, I'm making this up and like a 15% engagement rate, right? Okay, great. That's what success looks like for you. Where the heck are you right now? did she have millions of followers and no engagement you know what i mean like was engagement really low in the first place was engagement high and if engagement was high are people engaging with the type of content that you hope that they would engage with when you start promoting a product or selling something right and so i always tell people it's you think of it like gps you don't just get in your car if you have a place to go and just if you don't know where you're going drive around aimlessly and hope you get there you know you usually go okay gps this is where i'm going all right gps this is where i am right now please direct the route for me to get there and by the way if i'm going to hit a speed bump or something you know a traffic uh, you know, a pool of traffic or something, please redirect me. But you need both of those things before you even do anything from a marketing perspective. And so, so often I see people kind of miss those two steps in terms of what does success look like? And where are we right now? Because that's when you can build out a marketing plan that's going to help you get To where you want to go. And so I I would say, even just thinking about this campaign, and it's like, I don't know this person personally. I don't even remember the brand that hired her, but I would have to take a guess or a gander that there might have been a misalignment in terms of what success was supposed to look like, where the brand and the business was right now, because you may have a ton of followers, they may be super engaged with you. But they may be really engaged because I'm making this up. It's not this account at all. But because they love seeing pictures of your baby. And then when you try to sell them, you know, a, a ab blaster, they're like, what the heck is this? I like baby pictures. Where are the baby stuff? Right? Where's the baby stuff? Or I love looking at your home. Where's the if you sold? me, the vase that you have in that corner over there, I would have been all over it, but you're sending me diet pills and I don't want that. Right. So you have to kind of have that alignment of what your goals are, where you are right now. And most important factor, the people and make sure that, you know, the people that you're serving want what you're going to put down from a sales perspective.
0: Yeah. I think that's so important. Right. And I think what you shared there, Nikki is such a, a simple, but overlooked way of how we can wrap our our eyes and ears really around our marketing campaigns. Cause I think, especially in the online space, you know, people try to make things way more complicated than they need to be. And I don't know, I think we are of one accord where it's really like, can we just make it as simple as possible? Why do we need 20 bajillion steps when two will do? And I think when you are able to look at exactly what you shared, right? What is goal what is the end and what does success look like for you so really clearly define that but then looking at where you are and really map out what that path looks like so that the campaign and the strategy whether it's marketing or sales it makes the most sense for where you are and it's aligned to who you are then you're going to see better results that at least give you more peace right If nothing else, I mean, gosh, I think a price on your sanity can is like overlooked, especially as we're building out these crazy businesses. Um, So I really and I I know I put you on the spot with just like an instant kind of uh, example. Um, But I think sometimes it's helpful for us to know because when we see these things, we just see the glitz and the glamour, especially because of the way that marketing is kind of sold to us, right? And that whole reputation of kind of bait and switch. And I want us to really identify how to, so how does somebody start to create a marketing campaign that really is aligned to them, where it doesn't make them feel like they have to do a bait and switch, or be clickbaity, or to hype up something that they really aren't. Um, Because a lot of A lot of my listeners that are listening right now, they are very similar. They're women. They are experts. They have a heart of service. They love what they do, and they're really dang good at it. They're usually the best kept secret, though, and to be more visible, even though it might be something that is very aligned to what they're trying to do around platform and voice and purpose and all those kinds of things, the reality of what that might need to look like, especially... um, I mean I'm an introvert. I'm speaking for myself. Sometimes it feels like you literally are selling yourself in order to just like be put on as like a show pony. <laughs> so, what advice do you have for folks like me that may be struggling with, you know, how to market at a larger scale? How to market and be uh, helping more people because you know that that front end of your funnel and the front end of how our sales process needs to work, we need to have enough volume of people and enough volume of traffic. How do we balance that off with still being in alignment to who we are and how we want to do business?
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing I w- I want to declare for folks is that I'm also an introvert. I get my energy being by myself. Um, the old, my, poor, my poor mom is an extrovert living in an introverted family um so like usually when we all get together my dad my sister and i will be like okay that was great we had some time together now and then we all go by ourselves and my mom's like will somebody hang out with me and i'm like no i was like i want to be alone um but uh just so that for anybody who is an introvert you can absolutely be visible and be an introvert um but what i will say the the very first thing that i really believe in from a marketing perspective is that you have to be in alignment with everything that you do and that is down to like when you're an expert in an area when you truly believe in your message when you truly know your audience when you truly believe in your solution then marketing is really just like okay well what is the best way for me to show up and deliver my message to deliver um, the information to deliver the experience that is you to people who are looking for what you need right or what you provide and so uh when it comes to being more visible and showing up and and reaching more people i always tell people to really know what your strengths are are you really great at writing are you really great at video are you really great at audio and and even more specifically can you riff and do solo podcast episodes by yourself if that's your gm or are you somebody who does really well when they're interviewed like if somebody just asked you a bunch of questions you can show up and you can answer them and bam that's magic for you right and i always tell people you know double down on the thing that you're really great at because when you are either selling your intellectual property or you're the spokesperson for your business you want to make sure that you're able to show up in the best way possible and i think so often people get you know, excited about what's seemingly hot right now. Like, ooh, YouTube's hot, ooh, Clubhouse is hot, ooh, Instagram's hot, ooh, podcasting is hot, right? And all these things could be hot, but it almost doesn't matter if you're gonna go into them and bomb, right? Like if you (laughs) really hate being on video, you're terrible at it. I'm not saying you should never try to be on video. There's probably gonna be an instance where you will need to be on video, but you don't need to make that the primary way in which you are being visible and showing up, right? And so i always tell people first really think about where their audience is spending their time and when you have that list of places where where, what are the one maybe two places that you can show up as your best self as the best spokesperson for your message as the person that's going to deliver some knowledge drop an experience that is you um that is going to have people go oh my goodness i need to keep listening to this person i need to sign up for everything they're putting out because i resonated with them so well i i really connected with them and it's because you're comfortable you're showing up as your best self on in a space in a platform that's exciting for you and you already know your audience is there so th- it's really kind of that marriage of where are your people hanging out and where can you show up best same thing i use a lot of dating analogies too um, and so i'm always like it, when i was dating uh, in my early 20s um we would choose the place that we wanted to go out at, primarily because we thought that the person we would wanna meet was there, and also because we knew we would show up well there. If somebody said, go find the love of your life at a club, I would do terribly, at, the, especially at that age, because I just hated clubs. <laughs> like, I, you know, if I was going out with friends and we wanted to dance for a specific reason, sure, but it was not gonna be my go out every night at a club. It wasn't my jam. So I didn't do that. That wasn't my strategy. So same thing. What's, what's your jam? What can you, where can you show up really well? Um, and what strategy is going to work well f- uh, and best for you?
0: I love that. Right. Cause I think this is where for all of us, the message, the message that I keep hearing is really about you don't have to do all the things you have to do one or two things really, really well in order to make sure that they're aligned to who you are and how you want to do business and how you want to show up so that you can be visible. Cause that's obviously a big part of any marketing campaign. I'm curious, Nikki, like when you are working with clients, um, what are some of the biggest marketing campaign mistakes? And I'm curious, like marketing versus sales, right? Cause I think sometimes, especially for our, clients that are are wearing all the hats and doing both. Um, What makes the the marketing campaign the most effective? Where have you seen that they typically go wrong faster? And and how can our listeners really identify um, some things that would help them be able to implement and put together a marketing process that really would make the most sense for them, where it also is aligned to how they want to sell?
1: Yeah, I would say that, you know, where people tend to go wrong... Uh, the first thing I would say is um, they've made things way too complicated, right? And so when you're, you have to decide for your business and for yourself, if you're going to make a big distinction between marketing and sales, right? Or if it's going to be kind of like a flow and you you're aware where the distinction is. But um, the reason why I say that is because it's all a part of that customer uh, or prospective client journey. And so for, um, for when I teach the whole journey, I teach it as a dating analogy and I go, okay, where are the people, where where are your people showing up? You know, like who are they, where are they showing up? How do you spark a conversation with them and capture their attention? You know, cause you, you gotta stop them from scrolling if you're posting online or you've got to, you know, uh, have them listen to you or see you if you're at a networking event or maybe you're speaking on the stage. So it's, where are they hanging out? How are you gonna capture their attention? How are you gonna spark that conversation? How are you going to collect their contact information? You know, get their digits. Are they signing up for a freebie? Are you collecting business cards? Like are you putting their cell phone number in your phone? I don't know. Like what is your actual plan and strategy? How are you going to go about it? And then how, what are the dates that you're going to go on? Are you going to go on, you know, a date where they get a freebie and then you drive them to a webinar and then you ask them to book a call? Are you, and you make the sale from there. Are you um, having, in your ideal situation, you know, it's not going to be a hundred percent the same for everybody because, you know, the universe has, <laughs> usually has a plan, like depending on what you believe in universe, God, like there's usually, there's always something that just kind of comes out of, left field, you don't know how it happened. But you know, you were meant to connect, right. But just think through what are the logical steps that will take somebody from I'm a complete stranger to okay, I'm now making an offer, whether it's on a sales page, a webinar or a sales call, you have to kind of think that through for yourself first. And then you make that whole process as simple as possible. What is the one thing that you can do? And to give you an example, um, for my business, I strategically decided to double down on podcasting. Now that doesn't mean I'm not doing anything else because I've been in business for a while in which I have more than one way to generate leads. Um, And I do believe over time you should have more than one because let's say your one is Instagram. you know, If Instagram breaks or shuts down or everybody flees for some reason tomorrow, you don't wanna be screwed. So you wanna think of like, how am I bringing people into my um, funnel for lack of a better word or your pipeline? but you want to have like the one way that you're starting. So for me, it's like, I doubled down on podcasting, keep it simple. What are my marketing activities? Okay. It's like finding, identifying which podcasts I believe my audience is listening to, um, either pitching, or I also have a, a booking agency, like, Building relationships with podcasters, pitching myself on the show, like seeing how we can do that. Okay, when I'm on somebody else's show, where do I want to send people strategically so that they can um, join my list or listen to me further? And you just literally map that out and then you keep it to as few activities as possible. And you make sure that those activities are the things that you like doing. So like the first mistake I would say is they make it too complicated. 10 gentle or in alignment or right next na- right next to that one you know is is outside of having it be too complicated um people don't have the persistence and the patience to test and validate the plan that they just came up with and so so often people will go bam i've got it i'm going to follow this person's system i'm going to use webinars i'm going to drive people to calls i know exactly how i'm getting people into the webinar amazing they build half of that out and they go, "Ugh, oh, I don't want to do a webinar." Or they do the first webinar and go, "Oh, that bombed. I'm never doing another webinar again ever." And then they move on to the next thing. And and that's a huge problem. I call it RSS for rapid strategy switching where you're just like jumping around from strategy to strategy, tactic to tactic, thing to thing. And I encourage people to implement what I call experiment cycles where you're going to do the same thing. Like you're going to go podcast, like just using podcasting as an example, like podcast to, I'm going to make this up, like podcast to a masterclass to a discovery call. Let's just make it a really simple three-step process, right? People hear me on a podcast, they get on a, on a masterclass and they book a discovery call, keeping it simple. I would say, all right, how many times are you going to do that masterclass? Are you doing it live? Is it a recording? You know, like, are you going to, if you're doing it live, how many times are you going to do it live in a year, six times, eight times every month, You know, do the same thing over and over and over again, because maybe I'll do a masterclass uh, the first time and it didn't convert as well. Okay, well then I need to do it live again, maybe in like two weeks or in a month and change something, figure out why didn't it convert as well. Did I forget to send enough emails to remind people to show up? Did I get really nervous during the sales process in which I need to, you know, call up Susan and go help a sister out because I could not. Do the clothes effectively you know you really start thinking about what are the things that are working and not working and in order to figure that out you need to test like a mad scientist and so i have a whole framework around mad scientists but essentially it's doing the same thing over and over again making little tweaks along the way until you know it works and so those would be my top two is one making it too complicated and two not giving things or campaigns or marketing strategies enough time to figure out how if it's going to work or how to make it work because most things will work for somebody it's really it's really about figuring out the exact equation that's going to work for you and if you're if I were to throw in a third thing it's doing a bunch of stuff that experts tell you to do that you're not excited about and i really believe that when you're having fun and you're making uh, marketing a joyous experience for both you and the people that are consuming your Marketing activities or messages or materials, um, then you're in a good place. So if you're doing stuff stuff that you hate, it's it's not going to work. I don't care who told you that they built a twenty billion dollar business doing it. If you hate it, you're not going to do it. Your energy is going to suck around it, and it's just not going to work. Oh my god! i was...
0: <laughs> I all the yeses, especially with the. I know most of the time I'm very serious, and you know business is business, but. I mean, the whole reason for this particular podcast being named Master the Sales Game is because I believe sales and building your business, and that includes marketing, it should be fun. Otherwise, when you just be in another job and not like any old job, because I mean, like you, Nikki, I loved what I did in corporate. I did not hate my job, but we all have those jobs where we're like, man, this is a J-O-B and it feels like a -A J-A-I-L. And when we are creating our own business, we don't need to do that. And so I love what you shared there. And I love the fact that you are giving people permission, the opportunity to just give them more time because I think, and I always hesitate to tell my story, you know, six figures in six months. It's a 20-year runway because I did all this stuff in corporate to prepare. And I think sometimes when we hear just the highlight reel or the snapshots or It's like a year in advance or a year at a glance. And it's like, oh, man, I wish I could do that. And It's like, well, you have no idea. They could have been taking 10 years, 20 years. These overnight successes really are not an overnight success, at least from most of the stories that I've heard. People have put in the work. They've allowed themselves to experiment. They've allowed themselves to have the persistence and the patience to test the plan. I love what you shared there. And if I think about even somebody who I think is a brilliant marketer, I don't always agree with how he markets or who he markets to and all that kind of stuff. But Russell Brunson, I mean, he did live webinars every week for a year. I re I remember going to them. And do we have that level of persistence, right? Do we, ha- I think a lot of people I- I'm going to tell, I wouldn't, as and I wouldn't have joy in doing that. So God bless, but not for me, but really it's, it's about making sure that you're doing what's fun and aligned, um, and focusing on those key activities, right?
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And you can, you know, riff off of other people's strategies. You know, I love training and teaching. And so when I do webinars or masterclasses, um i have gotten rid of slides because yeah. <laughs> i freaking hate slides okay, and so no slides. yeah no slides and so i'm just like oh you're gonna come you're gonna have fun trust me i'm energetic uh, and and i think i'm entertaining yeah. and so i try to make it worth it to people without the slides mm-hmm. because the slides was the roadblock to me doing the webinar i was overthinking the slides i was you know, looking at other people's slides, some people, you know, you have a 60 minute or a a 45 minute, whatever webinar, and it has like 150 slides. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to write 150 slides just to get somebody to design the one hundred and fifty slides. And I don't even want to do that.
0: All the yeses for that. And so I, I hope that blessed somebody today that needed to hear, you can do a webinar, you can do a masterclass, you don't need the slides. Um, I've done both and I I think that just helped me because I think sometimes you get you further along and you're like, okay, well now I have to do it the more traditional way. And it's like, no, if you're really good, just being able to engage with your audience, like do what brings you joy and really just think about the heart of what it is that you're trying to create the intention for and thinking all the way through like the journey that customers are going on and how you wanna lead them from beginning to end. Gosh, Nikki, I could just keep going on and on. Um, talking to you because this has been so amazing. How can our listeners find out a little bit more about you? Uh, How can they find you? Um, Tell us more about all the stuff.
1: Yeah. So, um it's funny cuz I I shared in my example and it was made up that I was like, and after this podcast, you know, send them to a masterclass." But I actually do have a masterclass. And so I was like, I think that's where I'm going to bring people. Um and I call it, you know, right now, um when you're listening to this, it's called the Market Your Genius Masterclass. Um it might change the the title a little bit, who knows. Um it used to be called the Get More Dream Clients Masterclass, but it's a it's a lot of, you know, how do you get more people um into your network so i walk you through my framework i use music references it's a lot of fun on you know how do you get in front of more people how do you um once you have the more people you know how do you show up so that you're seen as the go-to expert how do you build that relationship with people so that before you even get into the sales uh, piece of it they're like oh okay like i know who you are I, i'm down with what you're you're putting out and it makes that um sales process way more seamless and and kind of a no-brainer for folks so um you can head to free marketingbootcamp.com and uh, that'll have the page for the masterclass.
0: amazing and nikki where can we find you on social media is it nikki nash
1: yeah so i am on um most places i'm nikki nash official Um, because I'm the official Nikki Nash. Um, And then except for Twitter, in which, you know, I don't know if anybody uses Twitter anymore, but uh, that's, they don't allow that many characters. So I'm Nikki Nash Co. Um, But I still use Twitter for, you know, pretty much PR purposes, (laughs) like connecting with journalists.
0: Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Oh, and guys, before we forget, because remember, I said at the beginning, this is depending on which order that you're listening to, it's either going to be number one or number two. In either case, we have, this is a bookender. This is a double duty. We have more good stuff over on Nikki's podcast. Nikki, uh, tell us about your podcast and where people can find the episode so that they can catch the rest of the story of what we talked about.
1: Yes. So the name of my podcast is Market Your Genius. Um, it is the name of all of my things. So it's the name of my book. It's the name of my podcast. Um, and so you can actually head to marketyourgenius.co. It'll redirect you to, um, the right spot on my, my personal website that tells you all about the podcast. Um, but if you listen today, if you just head over and search wherever you're listening to market your genius, you can listen to a kick butt conversation that Susan and I have um, that dropped today as well. So if you can't get enough of us, you'll definitely want to head on over there where I interview Susan.
0: Amazing. Guys, we will have all of the links down in the show notes for you below. Nikki, this has been just such a pleasure. Uh, I'm going to have to have you coming back on and talking a little bit more about specific strategies for how to get more visible because I think that would be super interesting for folks. But I can't say thank you enough for this amazing double duty. It was so much fun.
1: Yes. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for having me. This was a blast.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this episode. Be sure to let me know what you think by leaving a review so I know how best to serve you. If you're enjoying this show, don't forget to share and hit subscribe so you know when the next show is up. See you next time.